1: Amy. Hey, cast. Welcome to the Out of Decluttering podcast, my friend. You beat me to it. I was taking a breath and you just <laughs> like, got in there. Story of our life. Yep. First he takes a breath, Amy starts talking. Amy needs to fill the space. <laughs> Amy's brain doesn't stop for breaths. <laughs> yeah, overrated. Amy likes
2: white space in houses,
1: mm-hmm. not in conversation. Not very good at it in conversations. <laughs> not very good at it.
2: So today we're talking about trigger warning.
1: What the... If you're a little bit nervous about clicking on this episode because you saw Trigger Warning as the title and thought, are we talking about anything that's maybe for big ears only or anything like that, rest assured that the episode itself does not require a Trigger Warning. The reason we've called it Trigger Warning is because we're going to talk about the areas in people's homes, in our clients' homes, that often is like stepping on a landmine. And the Trigger Warning is on those areas, hey, we know this is possibly going to bring stuff up.
2: Yeah, and it's areas that we wish our clients had given us trigger warnings on sometimes. Or they even knew required a trigger warning. Yeah, (laughs) which is asking the impossible sometimes.
1: Exactly. But what we've discovered after a combined nearly 13 years of being professional organisers is that there's consistency and there's often the same areas that require these trigger warnings. Mm. And so we just want to go through a few of them with you. Um, Just so for your own understanding of when you're decluttering, you understand why when you get to your wardrobe, it's much harder than decluttering the linen cupboard.
2: Yep. Or when you have gone through a divorce, then
1: some areas of your bedroom might be harder than others. Exactly. And if you've lost a child, Mm. decluttering baby clothes could require a trigger warning. Yeah. So we're going to go through those. We're going to just go through one at a time, talk about it, and then we're going to discuss the next one. Yes. We'll see how this goes. This is an experiment. This is yeah, a this is, and Amy experiment. This was a topic that we've come up with during the day as we've been podcasting. So we have literally nothing in front of us. Usually we just have a couple of points that we want to talk about. This is totally ad lib. Yeah, we're ad libbing Which is totally it. fine because boop, boop. we've been doing it for a long time, this decluttering gig. And this podcasting gig. Both we have. Oh, yes. Do you have one that's like your, what's the most recent one in a client's home, cursed mm. that has been a, a landmine that you either did or didn't expect?
2: Actually, this is not so typical but it is my latest, uh-huh. was... Gifts. This particular beautiful client had uh, not seen all of the gifts in one place. So it was a present cupboard that not only to give away but also for her children. And just she had quite a lot of things that she had purchased. And when we bought it all together it brought up a lot of issues for her mm. so that was very that was um in very interesting that that was that triggered her and her um sense of identity mm. and her it 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 just it actually brought up a whole a lot of stuff and that was very fascinating to me that because that's not normally no it's not what we've already mentioned and it's not what we're going to continue mentioning um so it was it's it just is fascinating and just shows me that as much as there's lots of commonalities between our clients that actually every client is unique and yeah. different and what will trigger one client may may not even be an issue for another client so it was fascinating mm. and also it goes to show that as much as we can be prepared as professional organizers and we have compassion and empathy we just never know what's going to trigger you mm. as our client and what's going to cause you to unravel
1: yep and we're okay with that as long as you're okay with that too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And even if you're not okay with it, we're still okay with it. so true. Like we can see it. We, we can see it coming. We, and we hold space for you yeah. no matter what. So what about you, Amy? What was your last
1: unexpected landmine that you blew up? I blew up a landmine. Oh, no, I didn't blow it up. We got to the landmine, mm-hmm. um, was around um, in a bathroom, And it was around makeup. Mm -hmm. So what I tend to do in a bathroom, because I know that can be a place that can trigger off things, is when we're decluttering things, I'll go for the really um, non-personal items first. So we go with toothbrushes or we go with hair care or something that's less, that has less emotion to it. So we might go through and we do like soaps and whatever. And I always leave makeup to the end because in my experience, it can be something that triggers. And it certainly did on this day. My beautiful client was so in tune with herself that she stopped me and said, I'm actually feeling, I just, I don't feel right. I just, I don't want to do this anymore. Can we go do something else? And we sat in it and I said, yeah, we can, but first can we sit in it? Can I ask you some questions? Um, and the rest of this story is not about that client specifically, but generally about my clients when we do go through makeup is I want to ask some questions like, why do you have this much makeup? Why do you wear makeup? What Mm. makeup do you enjoy wearing and what makeup do you feel like you should wear? Yes. You know, like all of these questions and it comes, you know, some of my clients will come back and say, actually at 13, my mum bought me makeup and told me I should probably start wearing it. And I've never gone a day without makeup since. Or at 40, my, the mums at school told me, why don't I wear makeup like everyone else? And I went out and I spent hundreds on makeup, but I still don't wear it. And now I feel guilty that I've spent hundreds of dollars on makeup that I still don't want to wear. Or my partner left me. And... Yep. <laughs> uh, I don't feel beautiful anymore. Yes. And it's, So makeup is a landmine that I go into knowing. So when I do your bathroom with you and you wonder why we're doing toothbrushes and toothpaste and then we're doing soap... And you're thinking, are we gonna do the makeup? It's because we're waiting till the end. Because I want you to have wins. Mm. I want you to feel what it feels like to have done skincare or done body care. And then we do makeup. So that was my most recent trigger. And what I wanna to say too, Kirst, um, is that what us stepping on these landmines and what these triggers look like for different people is so different. Yes. Some people seize up. Some people fall apart. Some people get angry. I've had clients get really angry. Yep. Some people just like close off emotionally but still kind of have a smile on it. Like it, yes. it's so different for everyone. So yes. don't think by trigger warning we mean like everyone just falls on the heap sobbing. No, It's really different for everyone.
2: Yes. I've had to leave. I've been asked to leave a clients because mm. of stepping on a landmine. Yeah. Like and that was... The choice that she made at the time. Yeah.
1: And I, Do you want to tell us about that without, you know, breaching confidentiality?
2: Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know how to explain it though. <laughs> so I think I've mentioned it in a podcast before. We, um, I, something was brought up I, and there was uh, a lot of tension around it and... We talked about it a little bit and then she, um, and it wasn't, uh, there was a third party <laughs> involved right. yep. in it. So it wasn't just, com- it mm. wasn't conflict between her and I, mm-hmm. it was conflict with this other person and this, and she just needed time to sit and sit in that. And she chose, and she didn't want me to sit in it with her. Yep. And that was that's
1: fine,
2: totally fine. Yeah. And the best choice that she could make at that time. And so
1: I left. Mm. Um, Wardrobes. Yes. (laughs) Do you, if someone wants their whole house done, would you ever start with the wardrobe?
2: Yeah, I'm a bit different to you. Uh, I do approach things a bit differently to you. I've changed now.
1: Sometimes I do the wardrobe. Yeah. If people really want to at the start, I just give them a trigger warning.
2: Yeah yeah um, so I have no problem starting with a wardrobe uh, and i and I think it just comes back to what you've been saying is that we are self aware enough and we are aware enough of our clients and and the and the ways that they present themselves to know to be gentle in that area and it's so it's just again fascinating to me what we identify like what, where we place our identity, you know, cause some people they're really attached to their sentimental, like it's sentimental items that are trigger like that can trigger um, emotional responses because that's where their identity uh-huh. lies, you know, and then sometimes it's a close it's because that's, it's not that that's where their whole identity lies. Yeah,
1: but that's part of who they are. It's
2: the decluttering process brings about brings to the surface stuff about their identity Mm -hmm. that is challenging yep and so wardrobes so Uh, many reasons in a wardrobe yeah there's can be weight loss weight gain um
1: career changes career
2: changes unemployment relationship changes your relationship with your own body, your relationship with your own sexuality, yeah, like or you and your partner's relationship with sexuality, uh-huh. like, oh, it's so-, so
1: much. When you've got wedding dresses that have lasted longer than the marriage but people sort of or you've got maternity clothes but you are failing to fall pregnant again and that's a real struggle for you and you're just looking at these maternity clothes and so hard. People that are transitioning from one life stage to another and they don't want to look like they're trying to be 20 years younger but they're trying to embrace the season that they're in. So much. so, so, so much.
2: Yeah. And then, like, just like you said, seasons of life, like realising, you know, like we're always growing and learning about ourselves and, you know, for instance, Today I'm wearing unicorn shoes, and Amy and Jared have been laughing at me all day about my unicorn shoes. But I'm like, I love them, and I'm like, but is that something that a forty-one-year-old woman should be wearing? Why not? And no, and this is where I'm all, i keep coming back to, no, I can
1: wear whatever I
2: want. And then I'm like, oh, but should I be adulting?
1: <laughs> no, you can adult and still wear those I shoes. I know this
2: is adulting, but the, like, it's yes, yeah.
1: yeah, it's the questions. Yeah,
2: and and this is somebody who's. Relatively self-aware yeah. and, and comfortable in her own skin. Yeah, <laughs> and I still question whether or not I should wear unicorn shoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are some other? Is there anything else in wardrobe that you? I've got something else in bedroom. Yeah, we can. That's the
2: bedroom, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like. Nothing, I don't have anything else in wardrobe. Do you have anything else in wardrobe that I think requires a trigger warning?
2: I think wardrobes in particular are very uh, guilt-laden places. We place we, not us as professional organisers, but people in general put a lot of guilt and shame on themselves when it comes to their
1: clothes. Because we've spent money on them, is that what yeah, you mean? Yep.
2: Yep. Because we've spent money on them. Yeah, and because of what our society tells us we should look like. Yep. You know, so I think it's it's both angles yep. and and our own self judgment mm. and our own self esteem and self worth. I think mm. um, because clothes in our society are, are an ex, an expression of yourself that that is so it can become so tightly. Um, identified as a your self-identity yeah so it's just it's messy and it's messy
1: yeah I think too that often in the wardrobe is where people um have that aha moment to the amount of waste and the amount of um oh, my gosh, I can't believe I've wasted this much money. I can't believe I've spent this much and haven't worn these clothes, more so than any other area. It's not like they look in their lounge room and go, why do I have 12 TVs? Yes. But they do look in their wardrobe and go, why do I have 10 cocktail dresses for the one cocktail event I go to every two years? Yeah. So I think that can make it a bit triggery because it's like that self-reflection straight back. Like you can't argue with a wardrobe that's bursting at the seams but also that you're saying, we're we're short on money yeah it's a really tough one it is it is okay bedrooms do you want to go first No, okay the second draw Mm -hmm. so we can keep it PG yes when um it was an interesting conversation that one of the POs put on our PO um community page I can't even remember who it was Oh, I can. It was Julie Cliff was talking about when you um, are decluttering with someone and you come across their personal items for use in the bedroom. And I have found for clients that that can be a real trigger point because it says a lot about their sexual identity and about who they think they should be or who they are or what the expectations they have on themselves or someone else has. Like it, it has a lot in it. And when I was a newbie professional organiser, the first time I had this scenario come up, I blushed and blushed and then just pushed through. And now I I give people a trigger warning. When we're going through bedside drawers, I'm like, just so you know, it's really common for us as professional organisers to see personal items as we're going through drawers. So don't feel like on my behalf you need to be embarrassed. I'm more than happy to declutter that area with you. But also I'm just letting you know that like... As a
2: client, we don't have to, you can declutter that on your own if you prefer. Correct, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely uh, a place, you know, again, it comes back to identity, mm-hmm. doesn't it, mm-hmm. and the expectations that you have on yourself or other people other people have on you. So it can be, um, it's fraught with <laughs> danger. Yeah, we
1: never know <laughs> if that drawer's is going to be open and there's a giggle or whether the drawer gets open and there's just tears yeah, and trauma. So we always give a trigger warning if we remember.
2: If we remember. We try. Uh, yeah, yeah. and And that's why we want – this is why we're doing this episode, so that you can self-identify mm-hmm. as to what may be something – that you go easy on yourself with, that you have grace for yourself and that you might want somebody to come alongside you and do it with you Mm -hmm. um, so that you can push through the resistance that you're having to that area or you can choose to do it last when you've built up your decluttering muscle and you know that, no, I'm I'm really good at this game now. Like I can actually... My muscles are strong. My muscles are strong and I know what's going to come up for me so yeah be gentle with yourself yeah
1: do you live in the hills or the north shore or sydney central what are some of the other areas in sydney curse the shire the inner west northern beaches so i only found out recently from curse that you sydney siders have like zones and areas that you like identify yourselves by So if you live in any one of those and you need some professional organising services to help in your home, you need to get Kirsty in because she's freaking amazing. So if you want to have Kirsty in to help you declutter, email us at hello at theartofdecluttering.com.au and we're going to put you in touch.
2: I would so love that. I would love, love, love to meet more and more listeners and to be able to help you hands-on and get the most out of your house and make you able to live in freedom and grace and joy in your home. So
1: call me, contact us, however, find me. I'll find you. I can't find you. (laughs) So send us that email or DM us on Insta or private message us on Facebook. But Kirst is like there. She's ready, Sydney Siders. She's ready to come and...
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
1: What's your next one, Kirst?
2: Baby stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Talk us through that. I just, it's just heartbreaking. Just always, oh my goodness, I'm going to (laughs) cry.
1: We can hold space for you. (laughs) Thank you.
2: (laughs) It's just, it's, it's uh, just an honoured space to hold, hold for people who are grieving, in the multitude of ways that you can grieve mm-hmm. around this area whether you're grieving because you've never had children whether you're grieving because you've had children and lost them um yeah it's just
1: or whether they're grown up like there's a lot yeah. of grief for some people about their babies or grown up yeah yep yeah
2: or that they're growing up. Mm. You know, like my Oliver just turned 10 and I got teary on his birthday because I was like, jeep, that last 10 years has flown past and wow, all the times that I didn't save her and all the times that... And then and then, equally excitement about all the, all the future, all the mm. bright future that he has and what an honour it is to be his and Emily's mum. But... <laughs> Then my heart breaks for all the people who are who are desperate to be parents. Yeah. And don't have that privilege yet. And it's it's yeah, it's an honour to hold space for them when we're decluttering. Yeah. And to just honor honor that. And equally I've had I've had clients who have had children who are atypical and so, then they they're grieving. They grieve for the loss of the expectation uh-huh. that they had of children. Uh-huh. You know, you bring this beautiful child into the world, and you have all these hopes and dreams for them. And then, when they um, when it comes to realizing that they're not going to live what the life that you thought that they were going to live, then it's also holding space for for those times as well when they're grieving the loss of their expectations. Mm. So it's a sacred place we hold, Amy.
1: It is, and it can be triggered, all those scenarios you're talking about, (laughs) in the bathroom by finding a pregnancy test. (sighs) Or a tooth. (laughs) Yeah, teeth, by finding a first teddy, by having to declutter a kid's room once they move out of home. There's so many... It's a really, it's a, as you said, it's a sacred space and not everybody finds it hard. Some people are very matter-of-fact about these things, but trigger warning. Yeah.
2: It's,
1: yeah. Next. Mm. One of the trigger warnings that I never thought of before becoming a PO is um, usually when I'm working with a mum and we come across a hobby that she's always wanted to do yeah. and she's got the hobby stuff. And it's the simple questions that we would ask, like so why do you not set aside time to do this anymore? And it can be at that moment that the, her eyes well up and she's like, I just don't make time for myself anymore. Um, that can be a big trigger and not a bad trigger. But it can be a trigger that we talked um, a couple of episodes ago that you can take something that's judgment and turn it into motivation. So you can either say I'm terrible, I don't set aside time for myself or do you know what, this is a season where I can set aside time, I am going to set up a sewing room or I am going to start knitting again. And as organisers, that's our job to then help make that accessible. Mm. So I've helped set up craft rooms, painting rooms, um, sewing rooms, all kinds of things because a client has said actually that's, that's part of my vision. And yep. so we've taken back a space that maybe was just where paperwork got done, and said, "No, no, no, we can do a crafting space here."
2: Yeah, I think it's so challenging being a mum, particularly of little children, when you uh, it's it's a time where you can quickly and easily lose your identity. Yeah, and so bringing up those hobbies again and seeing those hobbies just reiterates uh-huh. to yourself that you've lost some of yourself in the raising of your children Mm, that
1: you've put yourself on hold yeah yeah
2: and that's common and um and it's common for dads as well yeah it's not it's not isolated to mums it's just that we have the privilege and honor of working with mostly (laughs) mums so um or women in general so we see that more more prevalent but um we do want to encourage you like this is what our heart for decluttering is is to actually make space for the things that are important to you and so if your hobby is no longer important to you and you've done that deep work of actually thinking about yourself and um and you know doing that work to to decide is that who I am anymore or am I okay with letting go of the crocheting Kirsty? Mm. Like because that's valid.
1: Are you okay with getting rid of the basket weaving Kirstie?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think I have.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Cool because last time we checked in you hadn't but you were okay with that because there was room. Yes. Just thought I'd check in. It just came to mind. Yeah. There's no judgment, of course. I know, I know.
2: Um. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and we talked about this in the Craft and Hobbies episode about, you know, are you that person anymore mm. and do you want to be that person? So, but there uh, can be, particularly in the season of um, child rearing, early years mm-hmm. and middle years of child rearing, it's, um, it's hard to make space It's hard to make space for yourself, particularly with a hobby that takes time to set up. Yeah, or has little pieces. Yeah, or (laughs) little pieces like you can, you know, maybe find time to go and play basketball or netball because it's only half an hour, an hour of your week. Puzzles, not so much. (laughs) Puzzles, not so much. You know, maybe sitting in front of the TV doing knitting, yes, but doing needlework or something that requires more attention, maybe not. So, And that can bring up grief, um, but it's also a time, an opportunity to reflect about whether or not you are that person because we all grow and change and that's totally fine. You don't have to be the person that you were 20 years ago Um, and you don't have to enjoy the things that you did 20 years ago. And equally, you can be. <laughs>
1: have you got any other areas that are trigger warning spots?
2: I think that hobbies and sports mm-hmm. like, yes. are the same. Yeah, old life. Yeah, old life. Yep. And we've spoken about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I find um, things that remind people of loved ones that have passed away. Is that exactly what you're about yes. to say? <laughs> yes. Yes. So it can be letters or I've had it over fabric I've had it over furniture. I've had it over photos. It's anything crockery, anything that reminds you of the person that's passed away can be a really um, trigger triggering moment.
2: Yeah, and that's why we're so passionate about telling stories. Yeah. Telling, tells, tell your loved ones the stories of those loved ones. Um, tell them the little itty bitty stories like yeah. how you you know remember looking down and realizing that you have the same hands <laughs> like beaches style or um you know how you loved cooking chocolate chip cookies with your mum or you know yeah. you loved here's one of mine like I used my mum used to, mom used to um, make potato and my mum's not dead <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a memory that you would pass on. Yeah, that um, we used to slice up potatoes really thin and then deep fry them, which oh. we don't do anymore because it's so fattening. Yeah. But like that was a winter holiday thing and I and I love that memory of doing that not only with my mum but then with my brothers and sisters and all fighting over whose tray it was like okay <laughs> this one's all because we hated just having one or two out of each basket full we'd be like okay no this one's Kirstie this whole basket is for Kirstie this whole basket is for Jackie That's <laughs> like, great. and so on and so forth down to Philip but um yeah like that and 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 making chocolates at Christmas time with my mum. And so they're the things that I want to remind my kids of mm. and tell stories about what I love about my mum and dad and, you know, and other people. Yeah. While they're alive <laughs> and then when they're dead as yeah. well. So that's why, like, that's why, again, we hold space to hear those stories. Mm. We're not like, okay, don't, okay, don't deal with that now. Let's move on. Let's go to no. somewhere else. We're like, okay, tell me Stop. about. Yeah, Tell, tell me. me the story.
1: Yeah. I, I can't even count the number of times that I've said, tell me the story. Yeah. Tell me the story. Like I want to know the story because you verbalizing the story is really important. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What an episode. Yeah.
2: I've had tears again. That's okay. Just, it's a teary, teary day. It's all good.
1: <laughs> I really hope that this episode has um, helped some of you understand why different things trigger you. And it prepares you for when you work with someone or when you're decluttering on your own. Um, it's a lovely thing to be thinking about and just preparing yourself for and having grace for yourself.
2: Yeah. And remember that we would love to hear your stories as well. So if you find something precious, um, if you've got a story to tell, you know, even if it is trigger warning in real life, trigger warning, like for other people, come into our Facebook group. It's a safe place. Yeah. We will hold space for you there. Come and share your precious memories. Come and share what, you know, particularly this week, come and share what have been some of the places that you've found hard to declutter and why. You don't have to say specifically. You don't have to, if you don't want to, you don't have to tell us the details of it, but you can just go, hey, yeah, I found wardrobes really hard too. Or you cannot. <laughs> There's plenty of grace for you and we love all of our community members and everybody who listens to this podcast,
1: whether you share on Facebook or not. (laughs) (laughs) So have an amazing week. Thank you for listening this far. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. He's hoping I don't cry next week. That's okay. (laughs) See ya. Bye.